And welcome back to The Big Wake Up Call. I'm Ryan Gatenby, and we have another returning guest today, so this is going to be fun. He is the worldwide number one best-selling author of the Artemis Fowl and the Fowl Twins series. His newest book, Juniper's Christmas, is now available where books are sold, and we are going to visit with Owen Coffer. And uh, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Ryan. It's, it's nice to be back again. How are you? How are things going where you are? Good. Well, I am in currently in a recording studio in New York, so I'm not really sure what's happening outside these walls. I presume everything is proceeding as normal. But it was raining when I came in. That's all I can tell you. Well, that's very impressive. We don't usually have guests going out of the way for, for perfect acoustics to go in a recording studio. This is just for you, Ryan. Wow. It's not for anybody else. It's just for you. <laughs> Well, we previously spoke about uh, Fowl Twins deny all charges, and Fowl Twins get what they deserve. And uh, now with your new book, Juniper's Christmas, I wanted to welcome you to our Three Timers Club. Three Timers Club? That, uh, how many are there now? There's, hopefully there's only like five of us. Um, there, there's several in the Three Timers Club, but you know, I know you need to write two more books just so you can get in the Five Timers Club, and then you get our limited edition coffee mug. That sounds pretty good. Just me and Neil Gaiman, it will be in that club. Right. Um, so you have this charming new book, Juniper's Christmas, which, by the way, I was looking for it this morning to refer to during our chat. I couldn't find it. I had to dig it out of my daughter's room. She kind of snatched it away as soon as I opened the package. That's my cunning plan. A book for all the generations. So I've succeeded. That's perfect. Yeah. I love it. I believe the quote was, ooh, that looks fun, and that was the last time I saw it before now. Fantastic. That's perfect. I think I was, I'd put that on the cover. Ooh, that, ooh, that's like, yeah, that is the perfect quote for a Christmas book. Ooh, that looks fun. There you go. And your, your daughter's name underneath it. <laughs> Can, tell her there's no money. There's no money involved. Oh. <laughs> Can you? No, my son would want pain. <laughs> Can you share with us a little bit about uh, Juniper's Christmas? Is all about? Yeah, Juniper is this fantastic eleven-year-old girl who lives uh, beside a park in London, in the middle of London, because her mom is the barkeeper. Her dad was the barkeeper, but her dad passed away, and her mom uh, took over the job. And so she's just—they're just coming out of that grief a little bit, and their life is starting to get back to normal. When one day. Juniper's mom, uh, Jennifer, goes missing. And everybody's telling Juniper, just let the police handle it. You know, just, it, she's going to turn up, but she's just not that kind of kid. And so she wants to find her mother. So she does everything she possibly can. And then she hears that there's this strange hermit living uh, in a little chalet uh, in the forest beside the park where she climbs over the fence to find this guy. Well, when she gets into the forest, there's polar conditions that really shouldn't be there. And she realizes this guy, this hermit, is actually Santa Claus, who's been missing himself for a few years. So she manages to enlist uh, Santa Claus' help, and they go on an adventure to find uh, the missing mom, and they fall afoul of bad guys who want to get hold of Santa's equipment so that they can make serious money um, from Christmas. You've kind of got us hooked from the prologue when you begin talking about Santa being one of the greatest tragedies that everyone knows about in this universe. And that's a, a Santa spin we haven't had before. When did you come up with a concept to kind of, you know, portray Santa as like a, a fallen tragic hero? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is very uh, it is very cheeky of me to take a character that is so established um, and try and switch it up. And but that is kind of what I like to do when I'm when I'm taking on a subject, and maybe I'm following up something that's been established, like for example in the Hitchhiker's Guide sequel, and I also did one about Tony Stark and. I like to do something a little bit different uh, with the character. And in this case, you take Santa, who's well known for being this jolly person who loves um, kids, and you make him a kind of a dour, scroogey character who has no interest in helping uh, Juniper. But she is so good and so positive and so, such a bright light that he can't help be reminded why he loved Christmas in the first place. And gradually, he comes back into the life. And maybe... He resumes his, his duties, but you'll have to you'll have to wait and see what happens on the last page. And then going up against, you have a book filled with with villains, but they're like regular everyday villains you'd encounter in in normal life. How fun was it to create like common everyday bad guys versus ones in a true fantasy story? Yeah, I, I like to I like to make it grounded in its own world, so the kids reading it can feel. You know, most of this happens to me every day. This, this, I, this could be my world, apart from this one fantastical element, which is uh, Santa Claus and all his magic and uh, everything that surrounds that, the elves and the rangers. But outside that, it's a very normal, believable world. And, you know, a lot of us live near a park. When I was young, I really liked books that I could identify with because when you're young, the, the membrane between reality and imagination is so thin that often we kind of step over it and we can really see ourselves in books. And I wanted people to see themselves in the park with Juniper uh, involved in this uh, adventure. And, and the way to do that is to make it very recognizable to them. So when the fantastical stuff comes along, they will go with that as well. You know, it's interesting to me that despite the 100,000 Hallmark Christmas movies that take place in small-town USA. Like, when I picture a, a Christmas city, I'm picturing images of, of London, and maybe just from past film yeah. history, but that seems like the, the natural setting for a Christmas story. It does, and uh, for me, when I read Peter Pan, uh, I always, for some reason, think of that as a Christmas story, even though it isn't. I suppose it's when I watch Die Hard, yeah. uh, I've done 20 times. Uh, I know there are Christmas elements in it, but it's not really a Christmas movie, but it has become that. And for me, I agree with you there, Ryan, that just London, a park in London really would just things of Christmas to me. And I suppose I've been in London at Christmas, and it's just full of choirs and carol singers and beautiful Christmas markets. So it, it always has had a a resonance with Christmas. So that's where I decided to set it. I think really I set it there because of Peter Pan, because the Darling family lived uh, beside a park. Too. Yeah. And uh, I've walked around a lot of those parks myself, and it just they just feel so Christmas. And it's amazing in the middle of a city, uh, although New York is pretty much the same, you just have these amazing parks in the middle of built-up areas, and you come around a corner, and uh, the last thing you're expecting to see is a park, but... You do see that in London, and I think you see it in a lot of cities in the States as well. And I want to mention you're doing a book tour. It's going to bring you to our area. That is at Volumes Book Cafe, which is certainly one of the best independent bookstores in the city. That's in the Wicker Park neighborhood. You'll be there on Friday, November 10th. 
from 5 to 7 p.m. Will you be doing a, a reading, a signing, a meet and greet, all of the above? I do, yeah, I do. My book shows are, um, I think they're an experience for everybody, um, including myself, because I delve very deeply back into my own history and what it's like uh, growing, what it was like growing up in the 70s and 80s in Ireland. And for the for the kids, it's like another planet. And uh, to see what their parents and grandparents grew up with and the different toys we have. So it's, it's a lot of comedy in there. I've picked a lot of really embarrassing photographs, <laughs> not of me, but of my brothers who deserve it. So I'm just embarrassing them uh, on a worldwide basis. Um, so if you want to see what it was like growing up in rural Ireland, um, in the 70s and 80s, uh, come along to the show. And we'll have some laughs, and I will do a reading, and we'll talk about the book. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's usually a good time. will be had by all. I'd be curious to compare that to you know living in a small farm town in the 70s and 80s like I did. I'm sure we have a lot in common. I'm sure there's a lot uh, in common. And it's great. What I like about a show like that is that the, the grown-ups like it because they lived it. And then the kids like it because they like laughing at the grown-ups. So we've got, you've got, uh, you've got something for everybody. And I know when I go to a book reading that maybe one in four want to be there and the rest have been dragged along. Yeah. So my mission is to entertain everybody. So I want to make believers out of those other three people by the time seven o'clock rolls around. The new book is Juniper's Christmas. It is now available where books are sold. The author, of course, is my guest, Owen Colfer. And thank you for joining me today. Welcome to the Three Timers Club. I'm looking forward to being a four-timer. That is, I'll have to get working on my next book. <laughs> That's the only reason, too. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thanks, Ryan.